All right, so um, I think our three minutes is up. And um, so again, I want to thank you all for, for your patience and also want to welcome you to the session once again. So and without wasting much time, you know, I would um, sort of open the floor, give the floor to uh, our speaker for today, Mr. Benjamin Dada, to take us through, you know, how um, startups can leverage digital media, you know, to drive growth. Uh, yeah, so Mr. Benjamin, you have the floor, sir. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Thanks, Nsembo. Um, and, you know, it's been a long time since we, we spoke and connected. It's good to hear your voice. Um, hi, everybody. <laughs> um, hope you're well. Thanks for joining this session. Um, I had to join um, this session because of my friends at Lead Space and Passion Incubator. Um, but currently, I lead country expansion for a fintech called Stitch. Um, and prior to that, I founded like a media company that shares news, insights, and analysis about the African tech ecosystem. Um, today, I'm not going to be doing too much of speaking. Um, I want us to have more of like a conversation. Um, so I'll just share, you know, some thoughts around digital media, some misconceptions people have, um, and try to explain a few things and how you could leverage it. But the bulk of the session should be about questions. It should be about you know, things you've tried to implement at your startup, but you're finding it a bit difficult. Um, on the other hand, I have one of my colleagues here. Um, we've been we've been friends and colleagues in the industry for like two, three years. His name is Daniel Inyonda. He's currently the acting editor-in-chief um, of Benjamindala.com. So I'd also put him on the spot to share some of his thoughts around what makes, you know, a story newsworthy um, and, you know, other things around content marketing. All right, that being said, um, what's, what's, what's digital media? So if you're a non-marketing non founder, I think that should be a thing because many people focus on non-technical founder. People don't talk about non-marketing non founder. But yes, if you're a non-marketing founder, um, when you hear digital media, what comes to your mind? Feel free to um, share your answers in the chat section so that we can make this a bit interactive. When you hear digital media, what are the things that come to your mind? Everyone can, can just say something on chat. Abiodu, Lawrence, Daniel, uh, Tell us what, what, what comes to your mind when, when you hear digital media. Media on the digital space. Okay. Thank you, Abiodun. Marketing. Okay. Thank you, Lawrence. Ibukun, Johnstone, Raji. You guys, please, let's participate so that this can be more engaging. Emmanuel. Dara. <laughs> Thanks, Nsembo. Social media, online publications. Emmanuel says, Tech Point, Tech About, nice one. And Adabem blog, of course. Um, Moyo says, marketing. Correct. So I wanted to do this short and you know succinct survey to show you guys that um, digital media is more than you know marketing. For many people, it's really about some. For many people, they think of digital media as social media. Um, some people think of it as online marketing, 
But digital media is literally <laughs> media in the digital space. Like one of the people that answered said, right? So what, what does what does media mean? You know, that's something we need to explore. And then we can speak about what does growth at a startup mean, right? Because growth is now like a buzzword for many startups. Everybody is hiring head of growth. Um, there's growth lead. At some point, I wanted to even be growth lead for one startup. Thank God I changed my mind. Um, but generally, like, what does growth mean at a startup? Um, just two people and I'll move on. What do you think growth means at a startup? Or what do you think people refer to when they say growth at a startup? Any the first two people? Increase user base and revenue. Thank you, John Stone. One more person, please. Next phase of innovation. Absolutely correct. So growth at a startup can mean different things, but there is a framework that helps many people to think about growth, right? And we'll explore that. So now let's start with digital media. The best way or the way I like to think about digital media is by breaking it down into three, three types, right? And those three types are called owned media, earned media, and paid media. Now, these are like the three different types of, of digital media. I'll give you examples for sure, but I want you guys to begin to um, connect the dots around, oh, where does a press release fall under? Where does a sponsored post fall under? When somebody gives you a review, where does it fall under, right? So essentially, the definition we'll go with for today on digital media is, digital media is any media efforts that is electronically mediated. So, you know, that means it's served either over the internet or is accessed via a smartphone or is accessed via a desktop. Um, and media in this case means um, communication. So either from one to many, which is like from a company to a bunch of people, which is like an audience, right? So communication in different formats, you know, it can be video, it can be text, and that's what media means. So I told you guys that we're going to talk about it in three major sectors, as I like to call it, owned, earned, and paid. Many people weren't thinking about media for their startups, um, either because of budget constraints, they don't like talking about paid media, um, and also because sometimes paid media always looks like um, it was bought. So let me define what owned media, what earned media, and what paid media means. So owned media is when you know, you're sharing or you're communicating to an audience on platforms that you own, right? So for instance, you know, as a company now, most people have a blog. That blog is their owned media. Most people have a social media account, Twitter, Instagram. Those things are their owned media. So they can share things on those things by themselves without requiring somebody else to share it for them. Now, one characteristic is that Owned media is, quote, unquote, not paid, so it's free, even though technically it's not free because um, you need to hire people that will do it and you're paying those people's salary. But in the industry, we just say owned media is free um, because, you know, you're doing it, you're not paying anybody to do it, um, or you're not doing any pay-per-click or anything that most people do within the paid media space. So anything you share on your platform is owned media. Now, earned media is anything people share about you without you orchestrating it, right? 
So earned media, an example is like word of mouth marketing, right? Um, an example of owned media in this case is like, oh, when your company is expanding to another country or when you're releasing a product and you decide to write a product launch or a product update, or if you're writing a PR about, um, oh, Stitch has expanded to Nigeria and it's on your Stitch blog, that's owned media. An example of earned media is Tech Cabal or Dada Ben blog saw that, um, saw that your announcement and they decided to write about it because they were already doing a series on um, fintech expansion in Africa, and this one comes in neatly, right? That's an example of earned media, right? You earn it by the activity you carried out, by the work you've done. Another example is review. Even though most times now people always orchestrate all these reviews, they'll go and pay somebody to do reviews. But anytime somebody gives you a free review, say, ah, I love Paystack, right? And Paystack did not pay for that thing. That's earned media for Paystack. So they earned it by you know, how great of a culture they've created for their employees and all those kind of things. Now, paid media is anything that you pay for, right? And the fact that you pay for it doesn't make it bad, doesn't make it less effective. You just need to know when to deploy it. Um, and of course, within your budget and within your um, capacity. So an example of paid media is, You've, you've done something great, like, oh, you've partnered with um, Central Bank of Nigeria to, uh, to build, like, let's say, more banks in Nigeria so that you can drive financial inclusion and stuff like that. And you don't necessarily want people to change the narrative, right? You don't want someone to go and say, ah, uh, XYZ company or Benjamin Dada has partnered with Central Bank. They will now be fighting for president of Nigeria blah, 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 you don't want that. So you're just saying, you know what, business day, tech about, narrametrics, Benjamin blog, take this press release, right? Put it as we gave you on your platform, right? We don't want any interference. And you know, you can make it a sponsored post or if you sign 10 years, your ambassador and you want people to, um, to talk about it, you can say, you know what, from my marketing budget, so to speak, I still have money for like press release or sponsored posts on several platforms, you know, take this news and run with it. So paid media is typically what you pay for. Another example is performance marketing. Performance marketing is around like, oh, you want to pay per click or you want to pay per performance of your media activity. So it can be a paper install, paper click, paper whatever. Many people in the lending space, they tend to do this kind of thing. So they'll advertise, Oh, come and get 50,000 naira from us in three minutes. Um, blah, blah, blah. If somebody clicks on it, right, through like all this Google AdSense and stuff, right, then they will pay Google for that visibility. So those are the three, three media components, and they, they, they can all work very complementarily. Um, and you know, they are very effective depending on how you deploy them. Now, that being said, you know, what are the formats in which you know you can produce media? And you know, how, how can you leverage on your newfound knowledge about the different sectors or different components of media to drive growth for your startup? So remember I told you I wanted to define growth for you. Now, growth is literally, um, you can use a framework to think about growth. One is like acquisition, or you can even start from awareness. You know, how do you get people to be aware um, about your product? How do you get them to be aware about your startup and your company? Um, now that they're aware, how do you acquire customers, right? You know, 
So for awareness, for instance, your strategy might be, oh, let's go to an event, let's pay for um, a speaking slot or let's pay for an exhibition slot. So if you look at it, you've leveraged paid media um, and then you're using that to drive awareness, top of funnel. Now you go, how can I acquire customers? You then say, oh, okay, for everybody at this event that signs up for my products, you get 2% discount, right? So that's, that's another way you're, you're leveraging um, your paid media to drive growth for your startup. Okay, you've done acquisition. Um, how do you drive retention? So now you're saying, okay, the way I will drive retention is to keep my customers engaged. So I'll be sending them product updates. I'll be sending them freebies or whatever. But basically, anything that means you can keep them engaged. So different products or different startups have different engagement metrics for like a Facebook or for like anything that has to, for like a blog, for instance, an engagement metric is how long are people spending on your site? It could tell the company that, oh, what you're producing on your site is insightful. Um, people are, are really digesting it. Or it can also mean how many people are viewing your articles per month. You know, that's an engagement metric. Um, but for a product, it can be how many times people open Facebook app in a month. I know recently Facebook had like a um, some part of their share capital or um, capitalization shaved off because of the news that their daily active views um, reduced. I think it was daily or monthly, one of Facebook's key metrics, right? So this was the first quarter when it reduced. And that, that sense, you know, the market into like a frenzy. So essentially, you know, part of growth is how do you keep people engaged? Um, then how do you get them to refer people, right? How do you get, you know, the people that you've engaged, how do you get them to refer people? And, you know, word of mouth marketing is an example, which is like under-owned media, um, which is like under-earned media. Um, you can also do all these referral campaigns and stuff like that, and then you share them via different channels. So I'm trying to show you how these things are very intertwined, right? And you need to first take a step back and think about, okay, what strategy um, should I be driving? And what are the components that will bring this strategy to life, right? So growth is essentially taught across, you know, awareness, acquisition, engagement, referral, and just happiness and stuff like that. So when you're thinking about um, digital media for growth in your startup, always think about the full, the full spectrum. Um, one emerging theme for, will I say, owned and earned media is something in content marketing. Right. And recently, somebody published an article said content marketing is dying, that thought leadership is leading. Oh, join. Thought leadership is part of content marketing tactics. Right. So, what content marketing does is instead of always trying to push your product, you start pushing opinion forming. Right. So, what that means is instead of trying to sell, oh, come and buy two air fryers right? Um, the air fryer is good, it's powerful, it works. You can start writing content around, mm, what are the health benefits of cleaner um, energy um, cooking devices, right? So you're not focusing on the product, you're focusing on like the outcome the product can achieve for people. And you're now giving them something that they will value, right? Because again, not everybody might need an air fryer, but people would not mind if you tell them how they can live better or live longer. So content marketing is always thinking, you know, how can I create the right type of content 
that will cut across not just my customers, but people that are even just enthusiastic or interested in you know, this field or this space, right? So one example is Stitch, for instance, we, we put out an infographic on an anatomy of the Africa FinTech stack. Of course, on that article or on that graph, we put other people in the space, we put InterSwitch, we put them on the graph, but the audience for that is, you know, people within the FinTech space, and over time, as people begin to think about, oh, who can I use for pay-ins? Because Teach had created that article, right? We, we will probably come to mind. But even beyond Teach, if they are thinking of who can I use for wallets, um, uh, virtual wallets creation, one of the people we create, we, we mentioned on that article will come to mind. Bottom line is that thought leadership or that um, content doesn't focus solely on us. But the more people begin to come to us to read things like this, the more top of mind awareness we are going to be gaining in their minds. So whenever there is a need for our service, they will think of us first. So um, I will stop there for now um, and just let you people ask questions. Um, and then I, I wanted Daniel to also like speak from a more third party media house point of view, because to be fair, PR or press coverage is actually one of the ways startups also try to drive growth. If you think about what I taught you about, you know, awareness um, and even like acquisition. So Daniel, in like a few seconds, if you can share, you know, what makes for a compelling news story or what makes something newsworthy to you um, as an editor and as a journalist. Yeah. All right, um, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Um, so what makes, what makes for, uh, a newsworthy story. It's um, it's 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 basically um, it's a number of things. But then, <laughs> it's a number of things. Um, usually, when when a journalist writes a story, um, you use the inverted pyramid, and you're answering who, who, what, when, and how. Um, so the story essentially, most times it's, it can be about the company if the company is big enough of, or if the story about the company is going to have um, as a larger impact. For instance, a fundraising um, announcement is newsworthy because um, that plays into the bigger narrative of um, Africa, African startups raising fund or Nigerian startups raising this amount of fund. Uh, but then you can't come to me with, we are launching this feature. That is not a new story to me. If you come with your money, okay, yeah, a sponsored post, we run it. <laughs> but if you come, if you come with, to me with that as, as a new story, like we have, we have this new story, we want to share a press release like that. that, that won't fly because it's all about your company. It's your product that you're promoting and, um, yeah, but then if it's if it's going to like the angle that companies should be looking at is how is this going to affect um um the user or the larger ecosystem in which they play and, and then um another thing uh just to buttress that is the fact that it's not it's not every time that you share a news story or that you share a press release that is going to fly. Immediately, if you want, if you if you want it to be published urgently, because the media house too, for instance, you have their own content calendar and they have their own news cycle they are working with or content plan they are working with and um, content ideas and stories they want to pursue. So you can't just come uh, 
in between that and say, I want this publish and all of that. If it's niche story enough, like the fundraising announcement I gave or as a larger ecosystem impact, then yeah, they can make time for that and, and run with it. But then you must be ready to work with the with the journalists you're, you're pitching to so that um even more, more importantly, just try to build if you want to get um um like like Ben mentioned, if you want to get end media and uh yeah end media you just have to build relationship with journalists if you want to have end media like that um uh yeah so that when you say when you publish something interesting like you mentioned then the person the journalist can pick it up and just try with that oh, this is interesting and all of that um so that is that about what what makes a news a news for the story Thanks. i hope i'm able to yeah Thanks, Daniel. Um, over to you, Nsembo. Um, thank you, guys. Yeah. All right, Benjamin. Thank you so, so, so much for uh, the insightful um, session. I mean, I personally have learned a lot already, you know, and I'm sure um, a lot of our audience, um, people in our audience, have also done the same. So what we're going to do next is just to throw the floor open for people to ask questions. I'm sure um, um, our listeners have questions for Benjamin Dada and then Daniel. So please, um, if you have questions, kindly type them up in your chat box and share so that uh, Benjamin Dada can you know, answer each one of them. Right. So we are waiting for your questions. Please. Um, do that as quick as possible so we can sort of answer them immediately and then you know wrap up the program. Thank you so so much. We're waiting for your questions, please. All right, we don't see any question yet. Um, so, I mean, if you don't mind unmuting and asking the question, I mean, that would be fine also. Uh, we wouldn't mind you unmuting and then um, asking your questions, please. Hi, hello. Can you hear me? Yes, we <laughs> please. Um, please, I have a question um, regarding, it's sort of like regarding branding. Yeah, so um, there's this issue of um, like founders having sort of like very, um, loud personalities on social media and um and it sort of feels like um that personal brand is sort of shadowing on the brand of let's say the company they're running um is there any advice you could give in because i mean sometimes okay let me use myself as example sometimes i'm not so loud i'm usually quiet and, and people tell me well you're supposed to be vocal enough so people know who you are and at the same time i feel it doesn't really matter if it's part of that gets the that gets recognition, not the founder. But then it feels like, well, there's an advantage to having sort of like loud founders always, um, you know, having one or two takes or having one or two um, opinions on social media and getting that um, that awareness of who they are personally. 
Um, so is there any advice you could give or if like let's say your own personal preference on how um the father could balance the two? That's a very fantastic question. What's your name, sir? Um Davidson. My name is Davidson. Okay, thanks. So I'll drop three anecdotes for you. Um, it's a very good question, and I think it's something I've also like you know experienced by just observing people. Um let's do a little quiz. Abdu, what company is he affiliated with? If you guys know fintech space a bit. Mono, Abdu is Mono. Yeah. Mono, correct. Um, Shola Akindolu, what company is he affiliated with? Akindolu or Akindolu, sorry. Akindolu. Oh, I, I don't know. Brass, brass. Now, I'm saying this because these founders are people who are quite... Um, active on, on Twitter and social media. And you find that people don't really buy from companies, they buy from their friends, they buy from people. So it's easier for, for you as a founder to sell to your colleagues or to sell to other, let's even start from like selling to partners, like B2B people. It's easier for you to sell to your colleagues or to sell to other founders when they feel like they are friends with you or they know your journey, they know your story. Right. So that's one plus for people who regularly talk about what they are building. The second thing is top of mind awareness. Like you, like I told you, you might never really have considered doing, let's say, direct debit, right? Or in implementing a direct debit solution. But the day somebody in your company will mention direct debit, you go your mind will first go to the person or to somewhere where you've seen direct debit, right? Being displayed or being talked about. Right, so that top of mind awareness is a reason why people and founders in particular should share about what they are building and, and their company. And the third thing is, if you share what you're building, you know, it also gives the sense of pride or confidence that you, you are confident in what you're building and it can inspire confidence in others as well, right? Now, those three things being said, being loud on Twitter, loud sometimes is always carrying a negative connotation right? So that negative connotation means maybe you're insultive, abusive. Some people use that as their own strategy to form, oh, I'm, I'm down to earth, I'm brash, I, I, I say it as I feel it. But generally, I always like to differ to the more, will I say, conservative approach. Um, don't get into Twitter fights. Um, don't, don't try to dunk on people. Don't be an, quote unquote, pardon my language, an asshole. Like, Speak about your work, speak about what you're building, speak about what's exciting you, what you're reading, what you're learning. Let people know that, oh, this guy is learning something in open banking space. I can form a community with him. I can form a clique with him. I can banter with him on that. Um, share pictures, share demos of what you're building so that whenever somebody's thinking about, you know, a, a service you offer, you will come to mind. But uh, except if you're trying to build a brand as someone that is, you know, very abrasive, Right, I'll say like as much as possible. Just do, do the lighter things. Don't don't go for fights. You know, some people have used outrage as a strategy, and it's not it's not like my own style personality, right? And since I'm the one answering the question, I'll say you know, uh, don't go for things like that, right? Just try to try as much as possible to be yourself, connect, engage with your guys, engage with customers, engage with people decently, but always speak about what you're building. Yeah. 
All right, great. Thanks for the response, Benjamin. I think we have um, a couple of questions. Let me um, quickly run through them. So um, Lawrence is asking, is an opportunity to exhibit in a large in large conferences worthy of being in a press release? So who is going to be in the press release in this case? Because when you think about press, it's usually about the angle the journalist goes for. So if you as maybe a sponsor or an exhibitor should feature in like Tech Point West Africa, the journalist angle might just be, oh, Tech Point West Africa holds the largest um, startup conference in Africa, blah, blah, blah. And you almost never get a mention, right? But if the angle was about, oh, um, new startup founded by 19-year-old developer um, gets featured or demos and wins pitch at tech point event, you know, then you will get to be mentioned. So it's, it's going to be about the angle. Um, and I tell you for free, like Daniel said, sometimes even being close to the journalist might help. Um, and I'll give you like an anecdote. So um, I'm being close is not because of favor. So when, when Stitch was announcing like the PR, um, the tech run journalist is someone that had been talking to for a while during his time at Tech Point. We've been friends, we've been guys. He knows me, he respects my work. So when they gave him that PR and he saw my name, he, of course, he knows my place. He knows who I am, that I, I, oh, I'm founder of the Ben blog, blah, blah, blah. So he knew that that would drive engagement for his article and he puts my name in the headline, right? So now this goes back to the point about, you know, what's the angle? Journalists and most people that do media they're looking for what would drive the most clicks, what would drive the most engagement and stuff. But imagine if he didn't know me or if he hadn't heard about me, even though that's unlikely if you are popular, popular, so to speak, right? But the mere fact that, oh, he even knew me could have been one of the reasons why he thought, oh, let me put this guy's name in the headline. So if you do exhibit at a large conference, leverage your own media to speak about your exhibition, um, leverage social media, leverage your blog and say, oh, Stitch Nigeria um, was one of the panelists at TechPoint events, right? So if they won't write about you, you write about yourself and publish it. And then you can start thinking about, you know, distribution, who would you send it to and how do you get more people to see it? All right, that's great. Thank you, Benjamin. So we have another question here. Um, Moyo Suri, or yeah, Muyo Suri Agbola is asking, please, can you explain more on content marketing? So I think what he's asking is maybe how um, okay. content marketing ties into, you know, growth for your startup, yeah. Okay, so I'll tell you, marketing is about shaping opinions, right? It's about shaping perceptions. It's about um, getting people to agree with you, if you get what I mean. <laughs> so if you hold that on one hand, Content is any body of work that can be consumed. So now hold on the second hand. When you mix it together, you see that content in itself can be video, right? Because you can consume video by watching it, by listening to it, right? So PC Timmy's Founders Connect is great content, right? And if PC Timmy were like a company brand, you know, that might be a way for her to market herself without talking about herself. So look at Paystack, for instance. They have this art podcast. That's an outstanding piece of content 
marketing because the art podcast is not really talking about paystack. It's focusing on the stories of artists and stuff. Potentially, some of these artists have used paystack store to collect money or for ticketing purposes. So paystack can get a mention from that. And even if they don't get a mention from the stories within that content, they get a mention from the domain name or from where the or from where the content is hosted. It can be on their social media. So to watch it, you have to go to their social media. It can be on their YouTube page. So to watch, you have to go to Paystack YouTube page. The bottom line is you're still going to think of Paystack as you think of that art artwork or that podcast. So content marketing is just finding creative ways to own conversations, to shape opinions, to um, be in conversations without overly being too salesy, without always like just putting yourself in for, oh, uh, yeah, XYZ product is the best in the world. Uh, this product can make you fly to abroad and come back in one minute. Uh, like, no, why don't you think about something broader? Why don't you think about something else that people are interested in, but you can then be the orchestrator of? So basically, content marketing is just always thinking about initiatives and strategies that can um, serve your company's purpose. Sometimes it's not always very obvious, but in the long run, you will see that by just being present in conversations, you gain that type of mind awareness in people's head. Um, and then they begin to also think about you as a resource or as a potential provider of um, a service that they might need. Final example, HubSpot's blog you know, had way more page views than HubSpot's website, which is where like the products they sell is. But HubSpot blog focused on answering people's questions around, oh, content marketing, marketing PR, social media. Meanwhile, their product was a product within that social media or CRM space, right? So by mere fact that, for instance, the blog was associated to HubSpot, because Hotspot was giving the advice, it's easy for the customer to think, oh, if this guy can give solid advice like this, then they might be great at executing. Right? Let me check out what they have. So that's how to think about content marketing. All right, great. Thank you so much, uh, Benjamin. So I think we have one more question. It was sent um, privately um, by Itunuolu Abidoye. So the question is, why is it somewhat expensive for startups to grow? Why is it somewhat expensive for startup to grow? Um, I don't know if you yeah, get the I question. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you need money to make money. It's as simple as that. Um, every within the factors of production, right? Capital is a key component. So you can't really produce anything if you don't have capital, if you don't have money, if you don't have something to create with. However, capital is not the only factor of production, right? There's talent right? There's entrepreneur. So if you have capital, you have talent, which is labor, and you have entrepreneur, um, if you have two out of those three, you can begin to grow, but you might not scale that growth as fast as you want. You might not um, reach the markets you would like to reach in record time, right? But because you as the entrepreneur, you are in that company, and you've been able to convince one or two other people to join you on that journey by either paying them a salary or selling a vision to them, you know, you guys will grow, but um, you need capital to, to accelerate that growth. So, I mean, it's a no-brainer. You need money to make money. All right, great. Um, so I have one question. I'm Thank you, Ben. Yeah, let me just, let me just sort of chip You're this welcome. in. So 
can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay, my question is somewhere, I don't know whether it's funny or something, but I, I wanted to chip in to hear your opinion. So um, a few days ago, uh, I think it was yesterday, or day before yesterday, um, Shola, Shola um, Paystack, um, founder of Paystack, Shola um, launched, not a startup, you know, but it launched, uh, I don't know, maybe it's a football academy or something, you know, so I want to ask you, is that is that something that is newsworthy for for you guys? Is it something that is newsworthy? What do you think about it? Is it something you, you guys can write about or it doesn't fit into your um, your vision or your um, goal for your for your blog? Sorry, sorry, come again with the, with the question or with the comments. Yeah, so I said um, a couple of days ago, um, Paystack's founder, Shola Kinla, they launched something. You know, it's not really a startup. Yeah. But it's something that, you know, sort of um, would affect, you know, a um, that would affect not just um, um, the people within Lagos or the text, but the, but the larger the larger community, Nigeria as a whole, you know, if I, um, if I can say that, you know, so I'm asking, is that something that is newsworthy? You know, good question, good yeah. question. Um, so there are two, there are two ways to answer that question. Now, each publication typically has their bits or what they focus on. So it will be, it can be newsworthy to a sports media site or to like a you know, sports affiliated site, if you take it from the, the main message, which is, oh, Sporting Lagos is being launched. It can also be newsworthy to a tech company because the person that is like the you know, supporter or driver or pusher or promoter is a tech personality, a prominent tech personality. So the fact that, oh, Shola of Paystack that they sold for 200 million is the one that launched this thing can be newsworthy to like the tech ecosystem. So um, absolutely, I think is is newsworthy, um, at least from my vantage point as like a tech startup reporter, because of who Shola is and who some of the other people on the board are. But to like another reporter in a sports space, it can be newsworthy because of oh, the actual thing they are trying to do, start a club. So depending on the angle the journalists want to take it from, you know, it would make sense. So for instance, for us, we can also do two posts. One is, oh, Shola launched this as news. But a second one is how tech founders are beginning to look outside of tech startups to create value for the ecosystem. And then we will now mention Shola's Sporting Lagos as an example of that. And then we can say, oh, look at Inyaboyeji. He's also doing Talent City which is not essentially a tech startup, but is going to be supporting the ecosystem. So there are different, different ways to spin it. Um, but yes, I think it's newsworthy. Great, great. Thank you so much for taking time to answer that. I think um, someone else has um, a question. I don't know, Ibuki, Ilesomi, I think she's raising her hand. Yes, I have a question. Good All afternoon. Right. Great, um, please go ahead. Um, okay, thank you. Um, Benjamin, I just have a question to ask. You know, when you send out press releases to media houses and you don't get a response, is it advisable to follow up on it? And if your answer is yes or no, how would you advise to go about it? Thank you. Yeah, good question. So the, the thing is that most times when you're reaching out to a media house, you're either reaching out to like a generic email 
So you're not really sure, one, who will see it, two, whether it will even be seen because it can go to spam. Um, so what I would say is let's solve the problems. Who will see it? If we can find a journalist within that tech media house, it will be better for you to send the email or send the press release to the journalist and then CC the generic email. So for instance, if you send to Dadaben blog, send it to like a Daniel at Benjamdala.com, but then CC hello at Benjamdala.com. Because what would happen is Daniel then gets this as a um, quote unquote, work to be done or work to be reviewed, right? And, you know, hello at Benjamdala.com can say, well, this is something we consider newsworthy. How come you're not on top of it? So that's the way to keep the journalists accountable, right? By copying the media house. Now, the second part about whether it will be seen or not, I should have even answered that one first. As much as possible, do not send BCs, like don't send broadcasts, don't send things that can go to spam. Try and personalize the email. You don't need to do too much. Just make sure that you're sending, you're clicking on send 10 times or you're using like a mail merge software to click on send so that it will merge the first name to, to the um, body of the email. But if you can even personalize it further, then your uptake rate will be great. So that's what Wimbat does. Wimbat sends these things as if they send it to you personally, right? So you see like an intro, hey, Daniel, hope you're well. Um, I loved your last post. I uh, just wanted to let you know about this new company that raised money. I see something you're, you're quite excited about, you know, the entire agri-tech space. Um, if you find this interesting, please find attach the press release below. Boom, right? So it's now up to Daniel to decide, oh, should I take it up? Should I not take it up? But sometimes you need to figure out that what you're sending is something the media house will bite. If not, just make it a sponsored post because that one they will bite. Like media is bleeding, media needs money. Um, people are taking all the talents because media companies cannot effectively compete. So if it's something that you know that you really want to get up on this particular day, on this particular time, say, hi, uh, would you like to, would you be kind enough to let me know what your rate card is or like your sponsored post rate is, blah, blah, blah. Almost everybody does sponsored posts. Um, so, you know, those are ways in which to force action and, you know, get things out of the way. I hope that's helpful. Yes, it is. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Thing. All right, great. Um, so I think we have one final question. Um, Patrick, can you ask the question, please? Thank you. Okay, hi, Ben. Okay, so I have um, a question. So I've heard some founders say um, that when they do reach out to um, these media platforms or some media platforms, they get ignored, right? And um, even though you have done due diligence in answering that particular question, Right. Um, I just want to say, so how do you build a, a relationship with some of these media outlets or even the publishers or even people who work um, in these platforms, especially since they are busy? Right. You could even go as far as saying that you could connect with them on social media, but some of them are actually unresponsive or not responsive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So how 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 do you go about something like that, especially if you are a 
startup founder and you know you are building a solution that is um especially okay so um, you don't have the money to actually pay some of these rates right and sometimes having a relationship with these people right actually go a long way so how do you what's the way around it i think most founders would like to know nice one um so i would say maybe three things one is people don't like people that only take from them right um, and as much as media sometimes comes off as an altruistic effort or something that is like an NGO and stuff, one obvious way that people have actually overlooked is offering to pay sometimes for some work, right? Oh, say you want to sponsor a newsletter, say you want to do XYZ, because once you do that once, you're in their database, they, they recognize you, the next time you have news, they'll see you as like one of their partners and they'll want to engage with you. So that's number one. I know you mentioned, you know, the part, the founder might not have money. Eh, well, it's arguable because when it comes to hiring engineer, they have money, right? So, you know, it, it depends on what people are prioritizing. Many people don't prioritize, you know, that media, that paid media in that sense. But that's just one thing. The second thing is how do they build like um, relationships with the journalists or people in the company? To be fair, if it's going to look too transactional, um, I'd say don't, don't, don't force it, right? The reason why I know Tage is not because now that he's Africa tech reporter for TechCrunch, I'm all over his DM, I'm doing exercises, because way long ago, we had connected before he even became, you know, this big, right? Before he got to, I think, 5K now, like when it was 1K, 2K, you know, we had been building a relationship together. So I'd say... For founders, as much as possible, try and build relationships with people that are not currently on the spotlight. Um, Idris Abubakar of Rest of World, which is a very prestigious platform. I knew him when he was in TechNext. Daniel Yonda knew him when he was in TechNext. We've been talking since TechNext. We went to TechAbao, we went to Stairs. Like those were points in which you could have connected with this person. Um, and how do you connect? For instance, if you follow them, they don't follow you back, no problem. Just follow them, engage intellectually or engage reasonably because people don't like all this fox deep. So what that means is somebody will tweet something generic, but you, because you are trying to show yourself, you are trying to show that you savvy or you know more than the person, you can't be putting deep, deep things. Like that's not the point. The point is the person can even tweet about football that, oh, um, I think Messi is the best player in the world. You can go there and say, well, I might have to disagree with you or I might have to agree with you, X, Y, Z. Just civil, civil conversations. Over time, they might not know you, but they will know your Twitter handle. And then the day you get a chance to attend an event that the person is at, you can then say, hey, um, I'm that um, Bobo Oni Jesse on Twitter. Um, lovely to meet you. So that's one way. Um, the third thing is build something, right? People like to support people that are building things. So beyond your startup, if you can organize a football event, if you can um, also even start doing like a newsletter on your own Twitter timeline or start sharing information that, you know, the people you are trying to get the attention of can find valuable, right? That's a way to also like make yourself more valuable to other people, right? Your Twitter handle, your Twitter bio, your Twitter DP, make those things very clear to people so that they know what you're about from the start and give it time for it to materialize. So it's not going to be a get connected quick scheme is a, is a, is a press of building. Like I have so many people that are big now on my timeline, on my, on my list, my friends list, because 
way, way, way back, way long ago, we've been friends. And sometimes it's even like as if I'm farming them. But let me give you an example. Fisayo Fosudo, before it became big, like we were guys. Like, so, and because he respected the work I was doing, I was doing a blog, I was working at a startup, I used to share about the startup. Just like be about something before you want people to start associating with you. Yeah. All right, thank you so, so much, uh, Benjamin, for taking our time to um, share knowledge about you know, our topic for today. Um, I think this brings us to the end of the session. It's almost five o'clock. Uh, yeah, so we said we're gonna end by five o'clock. So thank you so, so much, Benjamin Dada, for doing this. We really, really appreciate you. We really thank you for your yeah. time and your efforts. And also no to Daniel, thanks for chipping, for chipping something yeah. for us. I also yeah, want to so, shout out to my sorry? other colleagues. There are a few of my other colleagues that are also here or they joined at some point. Okay, um, yeah, so I, I, I think I saw John's, John Johnson. Yeah, John Stone. Okay, John Stone. Okay, thanks. Thanks for joining us, John Stone. And thanks for joining us, everyone else. We really, really appreciate your presence. And I think, um, it, so I think you, you want to announce, because I know you have something for our audience and spotlighting startups on your yeah on daniel your... daniel will take that announcement all right please daniel can you quickly do that for us please all Thank right so, so um yeah i will just i will just share the link so basically um the link you fill the form and then you um submit your pitches and then from there we will um pick three startups to um uh, to feature so let me just let me just share the link I think I just showed you. Oh, uh, uh, I think Patrick has it on and shared the link. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. So um, for our listeners, um, just like um, just like Daniel said, if you want to get featured on Benjamin Dada's blog, kindly um, click the link and um, just answer the questions, and they will get back to you if you are selected. Yeah, so thank you once again for joining us for today's edition of Epic Hour. We really appreciate your presence. And um, of course, we invite you for our subsequent um, editions. Thank you and um, right, enjoy Bye. the Thanks, rest of your day. Thanks, um, everybody. Bye. Yeah, bye.